Welcome out, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much again for taking the time to listen. Make sure that you share with your friends. Give me a little review on here. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're going to be talking about something that I think is pretty interesting. I think a lot of people think that is interesting, which is, of course, why I chose it. We're going to be talking about the dark triad. And we're going to be talking about why it's relevant and why people are so fascinated with it. So the dark triad is a group of three personality traits, and they've gotten a lot of attention over the last couple of years. Those traits are narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. And there's definitely a fascination with the study of any sort of subversive psychology. But what's really interesting about the dark triad is that women seem to be quite attracted to men who exhibit these traits. So naturally, men hear this and either want to embody these traits or they get in their feelings because it reinforces the idea that women are not attracted to nice guys. So basically, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, but basically, scientists wanted to figure out why women love bad boys. And instead of deciding to be cool guys and start bodybuilding, make a bunch of money selling drugs, they decided to do research instead. That's not 100% true, but what they found was super interesting. Basically, there's three different personality traits that stand out in the way they interact with each other. And the underlying reason women find them so intriguing is pretty fascinating. To be clear, the research was going on with those traits separately and as it relate to each other before the whole manosphere thing got a hold of it. But we're going to get into all that today. But I really want to make the point that underneath these dark traits are reasons for their effectiveness. And I've seen the whole red pill community go crazy about how women just want manipulative men to lie and use them. The reality is that while these traits are absolutely negative when pushed to extremes, there are certain benefits to having them. And what's more, once we understand the mechanisms of why they work, we can extract what's useful and use those beneficial qualities within ourselves, develop them without needing to resort to the unbalanced, toxic potential that they hold. It's a really interesting topic, and I just haven't seen anybody else break it down the way that I see it. So I hope I can explain it in a way that is more useful to you than what you may have heard so far. I, I want to explain what the dark triad is basically for three reasons. One, it's interesting. Two, so you can protect yourself from people that are like this. And three, so that in understanding why these people sometimes get ahead for utilizing these traits, then you can isolate and replicate those strategies in a positive way, not becoming manipulative, just having more tools of the toolbox and also to be irresistible to women. Boom, got my clickbait in. Okay, so again, those traits are narcissism, Machiavellianism, and psychopathy. So we're going to start with narcissism. And no, we're not going to talk about my ex this time. We'll save that for next week. Narcissists believe that they, that they deserve attention and validation without doing any of the work to earn it. So this particular topic definitely deserves its own separate episode. But for now, suffice it to say that these are people with an exaggerated sense of self-importance. They have extremely fragile egos. And because of this, they respond pretty badly to anybody who offends them. And since they consider themselves to be so superior to everybody else, they don't see any issue in taking advantage of others. And while this may sometimes result in short-term victories, it also tends to be their undoing. Most of us have known at least one or two people like this. They're self-absorbed, but, and like, you know, there, there is self-absorbed, but there's also straight up delusional and abusive, okay? So the narcissists that I have known have always overplayed their hands for the simple reason that they think no one else could ever be as smart as them. 
and therefore they'll always get away with it. And that grandiose perception of their worth and intelligence tends to lead them into overextending themselves. So in moderation, in moderation, keyword, a dash of narcissism here and there could lift somebody with self-esteem issues out of what would otherwise be a downward spiral of self-debasement and shame. Many people fail to take action in the pursuit of their dreams for the simple fact that they don't think themselves capable of achieving anything of importance. They may decide to not apply for a job because they assume that the competition is more qualified. Someone might decide not to approach a hot girl because he thinks she's out of his league or accept a short-term failure as a permanent defeat because he believes that he's incapable of victory. Nobody likes dealing with a narcissist. However, if you understand that a semi-delusional self-belief can be a self-fulfilling prophecy, then you can see why it may be worth deluding yourself just, just a little bit. With that, um, when that self-esteem is kept within healthy levels and is tempered by discipline, what you get is someone who feels that they deserve the good things in life, but are also willing to work for it. And that's a primary difference between somebody with a high level of self-esteem and a narcissist. It's whether or not they worked to earn those accolades. A narcissist thinks that he or she deserves a high status without putting an effort for it. The ones who think that, that they deserve the best are usually the ones who get it. But here's the important point. The belief is not what brings success. That work is. So when you have people insisting that they deserve the best, but clearly don't, that's when it changes from belief in oneself to narcissism. So for example, a man who's mad because he didn't get promoted, even though he's often late, generally unproductive, and typically just unpleasant to deal with, right? Well, of course you don't deserve that promotion. Or maybe a relatively average woman with obvious contempt towards men who still expects to be treated like a princess and pursued by rich guys and all that stuff. It's like, well, you know, when you just think that you you should get the best out of everybody, but you're not willing to to make yourself worthy of that, that's when you start to get into issues. So a dash of overconfidence can bring you out of your shell and provide the boldness needed to commit to something big and to start taking some risks. So that is the positive potential underneath that particular trait. And those are also activities which women tend to find rather enticing. We just don't want to go overboard. Narcissists tend to sweep you off your feet, but they don't have much staying power. It is, however, much more attractive to be a little bit too full of yourself than it is to be negative about yourself. Nobody likes the person that just hates themselves and, you know, just everything about them sucks and they'll, they'll never, nothing will ever change and they're just negative and they complain. So if nothing else, at least people with narcissistic qualities are not party poopers um, until they ruin your life anyway. But next up is Machiavellianism, which is super interesting to me. Machiavelli was the author of a few works focusing on the topic of gaining and keeping power and influence. The first point of note is that he wrote at least some of his work while in exile, which I guess you can learn from your mistakes and write a book on what not to do. It just always seemed pretty odd to me that people go to him for advice on how to keep power and gain power when he was exiled. And he obviously didn't do a good job at keeping that. But the reason that we see Machiavelli as a dark figure is because he kind of was. He, he, his whole thing was deceit cunning, manipulation, and ruthlessness in the 
relentless pursuit of personal achievement and self-gratification. So I have read some of his work and he, he definitely has good advice in there. And he has a very keen insight into human nature. I'm not saying he doesn't, but it's all tempered by a lack of moral boundaries and just general goodwill towards other people. Um, he's the one that originally said it's better to be feared than loved. Uh, some other notable quotes I put in here. It's double pleasure to deceive the deceiver. The promise given was a necessity of the past. The word broken is a necessity of the present. A prince never lacks legitimate reasons to break his promise, stuff like that. But to be fair, he honestly does have a lot of good lessons that are not manipulative and they're pretty realistic. And so I'm, I'm, he's a complicated guy, but he has some good sayings like the more sand has escaped from the hourglass of life, the clearer we can see through it. I think that's actually really cool. And the wise man does it once, but the fool does finally. Love that. So again, complicated character. But the point is that the term Machiavellianism is used to refer to someone who is cunning and manipulative. And there are people there. there these are people that don't just sit and like enjoy time with you. They're trying to figure out what they can get from you and how to get it. And they see human interactions as a strategic opportunity, more so than as any kind of vulnerable connection. And they're not opposed to using deceit to get what they want. They're focused on self-interest. They always have a backup plan to control situations. And they tend to be highly interested in building a strong network. Now, if we take a step back and remove the things that are obviously wrong with that, it's not hard to see how this trait is actually very useful. Of course, I say the things that are obviously wrong, as if people can agree on anything these days. But, you know, I'm personally a little bit manipulative on occasion, so I've been told. So maybe it's a blind spot for me. But I don't really see anything wrong with understanding human nature and acting in such a way as to facilitate the alignment of other people's actions with my personal goals. So, for example, I want to be clingy with my girlfriend. I know that that's going to be unattractive to her. I might decide instead to suppress my impulses and intentionally give her just enough space to miss me, you know, and to start to pursue me a little bit. You know, not enough to drive her crazy. I'm not going to ghost her. I'm not going to be a douchebag about it. And is that game playing? Yeah, kind of. But, you know, for one, it's the kind of thing that women do all the time without even thinking about it. And two, if that makes her enjoy the relationship more, is that not to her benefit? So. Some of you are probably listening going, wow, look at this toxic male. But again, to which I respond, that's just what you, that's that's exactly what you want. You just don't admit it. So, you know, there's that balance. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Sort of. Anyway, I don't lead people on and I don't, I don't take advantage of people. However, I have learned over time to see social interactions as strategy. That doesn't mean that I don't enjoy spending time with people because I do. doesn't mean that I'm not vulnerable with people or genuine with people. I am. It just means that as I'm enjoying this time, I'm also aware of certain things. So to be a little bit more serious for a second, for example, I try to be very careful not to bruise anyone's ego. That can be, that's a dam that's, that's damage that's very difficult to undo. And, you know, my natural sense of humor tends to be kind of offensive. It tends to be, you know, it, it makes people uncomfortable sometimes when I, when I just let it go without any kind of brain. So just learning to be cognizant of that and to be sensitive to other people and how they're going to respond to the things I say. It's not manipulative, but it is intentional. OK, so, again, that's just like a touch of this 
trait. It's not an exaggeration of this trait. It's just enough to understand that the way you say things and what you say, they matter and they have an effect on other people. I'm just intensely aware of the perception that I create of myself and other people. And I try to act in such a way as to paint the picture that I want them to see of me. These are not things that come naturally, at least not to me. So I have taken great pains to do, to develop this awareness. Violating the etiquette, the etiquette of human interaction is not going to do you any favors. People like to hide behind the statement that they're just being real. But in truth, that is just a mask for a failure to understand psychology. The ones that are real, quote unquote, are usually just very rude people and they refuse to better themselves. So again, this is all couched in the in the the idea, the knowledge that if I'm not authentic, then I'm going to end up being very isolated. I'm going to feel isolated because I'll never build real relationships with people. But that authenticity does not mean acting however you want, whenever you want. I'm pretty eccentric. I'm pretty impulsive. If I acted on even half of that, people would get tired of me very quickly. You can be authentic, but still exercise over the childish, annoying, insecure parts of yourself. Just understanding that people are going to perceive you a certain way. It's not, you don't have free reign. You don't have the license to be exactly however you want. You can do that, but you have to deal with the consequences of it. And I think that a lot of times people just, they want to act authentic, but what really comes out is just, it's immaturity, right? It's making jokes that they shouldn't make. It's having a bad sense of taste and timing in terms of the way that they speak to people. And what's really interesting about this is just how extraordinarily incompetent most people are when it comes to interacting with others in an intentional way. You can't climb the ladder if you don't understand people, if you can't recognize and predict the effects that your words and actions are going to have on others, you're always going to struggle to gain any kind of ground in life. And you'll never know why. That's the thing, too. I've, I've told the story many times about how, you know, so many people in the military were just angry that they wouldn't get promoted. They wouldn't they wouldn't make the cut. But they didn't do any of the things that made them look good to leadership. They're like, well, I'm good at my job. It's like, that's not enough. You have to understand how to talk to people. You have to make yourself known You have in a good way, right? Like people have to know who you are. You have to have a good reputation. And that requires doing things that may not come naturally to you. I've seen a lot of people who were just incredible at their job, but they could not get ahead for the life of them just because they refused to tailor their speech to their audience. It's immature and it's really sad to see, but it happens more often than not. So women are drawn to men who exhibit Machiavellian traits, at least in part because those men are more competent in building and maintaining strong social networks, which, you know, provide a lot of stability and protection. You do not have to become an evil manipulator in order to be more intriguing to women. You need to understand how to relate to people and to pay attention to how you respond so that you can build a stronger and more meaningful community around yourself. It's also interesting, interesting to me to see that women are attracted to this trait because it's not just the effects of seeing what these men can build. I think it's also being able to trust somebody because they actually know what they're doing. Think of it this way. If I'm, if I'm going through a rough patch financially, that can be pretty stressful. And if you're depending on me, that's going to be stressful for you as well. So would it not be better for you? Would you not be much more comfortable during those hard times if you knew that my previous success had not been a stroke of luck, right? I didn't make all that money because I happened to be in the right place at the right time. I made all that money because I know how to communicate. 
I understand the psychological process that people go through before buying something because I'm in sales. I'm hyper aware of my body language, my speech patterns, and my tone so that I can maximize the effect that I have on other people. You're going to feel much safer with me if that's the case because you can trust that I'm competent. I may be down right now, but I'm determined and that's only temporary. So like I said, it's interesting to think about why a woman would be attracted to someone she can see is maybe a little bit toxic and manipulative. And obviously there's the damaged people that just like that because it speaks to, you know, the chaos inside of them. But I think that at least in part, it comes down to the understanding that this person is more capable than me. He can consistently succeed, protect and provide. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But I've said this before. We're going to go back into this in, in, in a couple of minutes, but it's really important that we understand that attraction is not based off of pleasure. We've not turned, we, we don't get turned on because sex is fun. That pleasure is biology's way of motivating us to make babies with the best available option. To become the best option, you need to get out of the mindset that, you know, new age thinking and modern philosophies are the key to a woman's heart. It's just not true. It's ridiculous. It's garbage. Stop listening to that crap. We're attracted to the same things that we've always been attracted to. So again, we're going to go in more depth into that in a couple minutes. But to, to summarize Machiavellianism, learn to pay attention and to be more strategic in your social interactions. All right. Last but not least, psychopathy. The National Library of Medicine describes psychopathy as, quote, deficient emotional responses, lack of empathy, and poor behavioral controls. So impulse, impulsive, excuse me, um, commonly resulting in persistent antisocial deviance and criminal behavior. And to me, that seems, it, it seems kind of childish, right? Like if you can, if you compare a psychopath to a child, it, they're the same thing, right? Except a psychopath is old enough to know better. It's like you can't stop yourself from from acting on your impulse impulse excuse me you don't have a strong emotional connection or empathetic um, response to other people stuff like that now we all know women like bad boys but again while some women definitely are drawn to criminals you don't have to start selling drugs just to check that box you certainly can if you want to it might build some character it might teach you a few things i don't know but again you don't actually have to be any of these things. You don't have to be a psychopath in order to leverage the beneficial side effects that come from being able to block out emotional responses when they be. What do I mean by that? At the end of the day, this is somebody who is able to do what's best for themselves, regardless of what other people think. Obviously, there's a point of diminishing return there. There's a point where you start to become self-serving and you hurt other people to get what you want, other than it being objectively wrong, and I will always argue the case that there is an objective wrong, um, despite modernity and all that good stuff, um, it's it's unproductive. Because if you just make a habit of taking advantage of people and only serving yourself, you're not going to develop good connections with anybody. Nobody's going to want to work with you. Nobody's going to trust you. And you can't get very far by yourself. I don't care how smart you are. So, you know, this isn't the movies. This isn't Dexter, where he's just so crazy smart and blends in with everyone and you know that it, it's not like that when you make a habit of taking advantage of people you very quickly burn those bridges i don't care how charming you are once you burn someone there's not much else you can do there 
So if you're going in and just lying and mentally abusing everybody, you're not going to last very long. Um, it's not going to be long at all before everybody starts to turn against you. Most of the really manipulative people I know are not actually that successful because they make terrible leaders and they can't keep any sort of following. They can't get any kind of loyalty. The, the, the second point to this, too, is we need to remember that the dark triad concept was thought up by a bunch of nerds. They're not highly desirable men who got together with the intention of articulating their methods into a teachable theory. These are researchers, and they were good researchers, but they happen to notice that women tend to gravitate towards these men who are comfortable making tough decisions and following through with them, regardless of how it causes other people to feel. There's a bit of a difference there. Some are going to look at that guy and just see a strong man who's confident in himself, and some are going to look at him and say, oh my goodness, what big toxic masculinity you have there. And I disagree with their assessment that psychopathy is what draws women in. Rather, there are traits nested within psychopathy which are indicative of future success when embodied by even a halfway decent person. So side note there, conscientiousness is going to be, this is one of the big five personality traits. We'll get back to that soon. I, I did an episode on it a while ago. We should probably, probably revisit it. But conscientiousness is going to be extremely important for any kind of long-term success. You can't be great for just a few weeks. You have to be great consistently for a long time. And the only way to do that is to actually be good. You have to actually be a good person. You actually have to do the right thing and treat people the right way over a long stretch of time over and over again. A lot of men feel very uncomfortable being men. They feel anxious about leadership roles. They're worried about offending other people. They don't want to step too far out of line and risk drawing attention to themselves. These are all things that hold you back from success. When push comes to shove, women want to be with the men they can trust to stand firm despite external pressure and internal pressure. This sometimes comes across as insensitivity, but men have to be insensitive sometimes. It's just It is what it is. There's just too many difficult decisions that have to be made and too much pressure from all directions to be afraid to take risks. So let's say I want to get promoted, but so does my friend. There's only one position available. We've both worked very hard to get it. And I'm sure we can find a win-win situation, you know, where maybe we both succeed in some way. But that's going to happen when I get the promotion and I find a way to give him a special project and a pay raise, right? A psychopath would sabotage his friend and manipulate the situation, spread rumors about him, try to discourage him, try to turn people against him. I'm going to straight up outwork him. I'm going to outwork him, and I'm not going to feel the least bit bad about it. That's the difference between being someone who is a dastardly manipulator and somebody who's just willing to take what he wants, right? Because some people will get stuck in that, like, well, I want you to win too, and I don't want to take it from you, and all this other stuff. It's like, no, like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to win. And it's not anything against you. I'm still going to help you. I'm going to do everything I can for you, but I'm also going to win. I want this. You know, there's a huge difference there between I'm going to win by, what is it, quickest way to the top is to grease the pole behind you. There's a big difference between that and, hey, I, I, I'm I, going to take this. It is what it is. I'm going to win. It doesn't bother me. That's, I don't care whose feelings I hurt. I don't care who I offend. I'm still going to be a good person. I'm still going to help you out, but I get what I want. As another example, let's look at something like, I don't know, running a podcast. I will tell you right now, if you cannot regulate your emotional responses to the things people say and think, you're not going to get very far doing podcasting. 
I upset people all the time. If that bothered me, I would not be able to do this. I would get frustrated and I would cave every time somebody disagreed with my point of view or tried to say something dumb, which is frequent. It's imperative that I'm able to push through the hate, the negativity, and just the sheer nonsense that comes my way. I'm not a psycho. I'm not a psychopath. Some people have accused me of it. Um, mostly, mostly ex-girlfriends, um, a couple, a couple friends, a couple coworkers, a couple just random people. Um, those people are actually all crazy. That's the thing. It's like I happen to find crazy people and they accuse me of being crazy. It's really weird how that works. Um, I definitely am just a tiny bit crazy. Otherwise, if I wasn't, the show would have ended years ago. Right now, I'm dealing with backlash for several things that I said recently. And I'll be honest with you, I don't care. I have a mission and I'm going to achieve it. It's not that upsetting people is the goal, but when you shine a light in darkness, when you shine a light specifically into the darkness of the world, it always disturbs the cockroaches. Just is what it is. So again, we're, we want to take the positive elements out of these traits and learn to integrate them. We don't want to be manipulators. We don't want to be toxic. I'll joke about it for sure because it's funny, but it's really important that we use this knowledge to become better people, not to take shortcuts and not to destroy our character in the process. The harsh real reality of life is that it's brutal. It's amazing, it's magical, it's a blessing, but it's also ruthless. In modern times, we don't necessarily struggle for survival as much, but the rules of the game have not changed. If you want to be successful at anything, you have to be willing to compete. The, the people you're competing with may be good folks, they may not be, but either way, they're trying to keep you from getting what you want. If you're not able to accept this adversity and to conduct yourself accordingly, you're going to get destroyed. You're just going to get wrecked. There's no way around it. Sadly, sadly, this is the position that a lot of people, especially young men, find themselves in. They're so desperate for things to be easy, and they refuse to acknowledge the difficulties that are facing them. They want to escape that reality. They want to take shortcuts. They want to just adopt these new philosophies that say, well, life is what you make it. Life is something else. And I can just will things to be different. I can will other people, other people to be different in a healthy dosage, healthy dosage. I'm not advocating to be like the dark triad enthusiast, but these traits can act as an antidote to the complacency, the lethargy and the avoidance, which plagues so many people. And I believe that a large part of why women find characters who embody these traits to be so attractive is that they're sick of how weak and effeminate so many men are. It's not because they want to be manipulated and used, contrary to popular belief, contrary to the red pill ideology, but it's probably pretty refreshing to run into somebody who's not a complete wuss every now and again. That, that'd probably be nice, right? If that's all you get to, to interact with. First of all, don't make the mistake in thinking that women just desperately crave the villain and will only want you if you're a complete psychopath. That's manosphere garbage peddled by depressed men who took their breakups a little bit too personally. Despite what culture would have us believe, we all know that women like bad boys. So there's nothing new or surprising there. These traits are not attractive because they make you a bad person. They're attractive because they signal a higher likelihood of success. The reality is that in this day and age, most men are so soft and emasculated that it's really not that difficult to stand out from the crowd. It's just not. Someone who is a complete narcissist, super manipulative, and unable to understand that others have feelings 
is not appealing as a long-term partner to anybody. They may be fun for a little while, all been 23 at some point, but even if he or she does capture somebody's interest in the short run, that's not the point I'm making here. The long-term is that like, if you treat somebody badly consistently, they're not going to want to stay with you. That goes for, for any kind of relationship, any kind of dynamic, whether that's romantic, whether that's at work, whether that's, you know, family, whatever it is, the red pill community really goes off the rails when it gets into this kind of stuff. They act like since women are attracted to these traits that they should be developed to the fullest. And that's just ridiculous. You don't want to push it to the extreme. These traits are not magic buttons that just magically drive women wild. That's tequila and cocaine. What they do indicate is an increased likelihood that the man will be dominant over other men. And knowing this, we can see that these traits can be nurtured in a healthy moderation. So since most men are not very masculine anymore, it really doesn't take that much to stand out head and shoulders above the rest. Of course, if you're 6'5", like me, you stand out head and shoulders above everybody else anyway. I've said this before. One of the biggest sources of confusion that people have in the dating market is back to, I told, I promised we, I promised we'd come back to this. I kept my, I kept my word for once. Um, <laughs> one of the biggest issues that people have in dating is because we've tried to separate sex from, and I hate to say it, but breeding. And that's like a weird thing to say. It, it sounds odd, but it, it's what it is. When we think of sex and attraction as a means of gaining pleasure, because people don't have sex to have kids anymore, they do it for fun. Um, we get frustrated because we don't understand why people turn us down when we're plenty of fun at the sack, especially when we have tequila and Colombian dancing powder on tap. But when you flip things around into the context of, say, a primitive baiting strategy, it all starts to make sense. Women are looking for somebody to protect and provide for them during the vulnerability of pregnancy and childbearing. And, you know, men are looking for women who can produce and care for kids. Pleasure is a byproduct of all this, and it's a, it's a motivator, but the attraction comes from the unconscious, which is still operating on a very primal level. It doesn't matter how woke we think we are. The body is attracted to the same things it was 5,000 years ago. So when you say, well, why did, why did people like, you know, those toxic traits? It's like, well, because they signal something. It's not because there's something wrong with that person. There may be. There probably is. There's something wrong with all of us. But the point is that we're drawn to things that are going to trigger those biological imperatives that are signaling good fitness indicators. So stop trying to be your friend. Start trying to be a better man. You do not need to be a psychopath, but you do need to become comfortable pursuing what you want. You do need to learn to be unapologetic in committing to your mission, regardless of what other people think or say. And I'm certainly not implying that you do anything to harm or take advantage of others. However, culture has tried to tell us that it's wrong to be masculine and we need to completely do away with that narrative. So thank you guys so much for listening. Again, like, subscribe, share with your friends, hit that little five-star review if you're on Spotify. And yeah, I'll see you soon. I hope you enjoyed.